This is a podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. We were here last week. Um, for those who weren't, the title for Matt's talk when he spoke to us was what are you looking forward to? And I think that probably captured all our imaginations, causing us to maybe think about our futures and what our futures hold. Now, I don't know about you, but one of my favorite films when I was younger was a film called Back to the Future. I don't know how many people have seen this film. It's not for everyone, of course, this film. Um, but it's a very good film that I en- enjoyed personally. And the idea of that film, if you remember, is that Doc, who was an amazing scientist, um, managed to uh, invent the ability to travel through time. And the main character was played by Michael J. Fox, uh, and his name is Marty McFly in the film, which I loved. Um, and the first time that he actually went through time, he actually goes back 30 years. And he goes back in the, in the car called the DeLorean. I always wanted that car. I've still not got the DeLorean. I've asked Corrie if I can ever have a DeLorean. She said, no. I'm still working on it. I'm still working on it. But what he did was he went back through time to save his parents' relationship or he would have actually ceased to exist because what Doc had done was interrupt time and cause massive problems. It's a great film. I recommend it. Have a watch. What I wanted you to think about and continue to think about this week is time. Because as Matt causes to consider our future, I would like to actually get us to think about our present. You see, the Lord has brought us together this morning from all corners of the world. America's a long way to travel, but he's here with us this morning. He's brought us together so that we can feed on his word, that we can praise him. In Matthew 18, verse 20, it says, For where two or three are gathered, there I am with them. So we need to understand that the Lord is with us this morning. And the question is, what does the Lord have to say to each one of us through his word this morning? In this time, we're going to have a look at Ephesians chapter 2. But just before we go any further, um, I think it's always good to ask the who, the what, the where, and the when. And these are four good questions to ask yourself before looking at Bible verses. Because what it does, it puts us into context. And without knowing the who, the what, the where, and the when, Things can be a little confusing, can't they? And hard to understand. So the who, well the who is Paul. Well who's Paul? Who's Paul? 
Well, actually, Paul is a hostile witness. Well, what's a hostile witness? Paul had a Jewish name, Saul. And a hostile witness is someone who is giving evidence. Now, Saul was a Jewish scholar whose sole purpose, original purpose, in the day before he wrote Ephesians, was to stop the followers of Jesus and to stop the growth of the early church. And this ludicrous rumour that was going about that Jesus had risen from the dead. And he'd risen from the dead after being crucified horrifically on a cross. Now Saul, who was to become Paul, was a Roman citizen. And he knew very well that Romans were very good at killing people in very gruesome ways. So Saul's original job was to stop the spread of the gospel. So hang on. How come Paul has written Ephesians for us this morning when it was actually his job to stop the people from understanding that Jesus had risen from the dead? Just quickly turn with me to Acts and chapter 9. Acts chapter 9 and reading from verse 3. As he, Saul, near Damascus on his journey, suddenly a light from heaven flashed around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice say to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. He replied, now get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Incredible. The last person at that time that Saul expected to see and hear was the risen Jesus. And it changed everything. In his time, it changed everything. Because everything that Saul, now brother Paul, via Ananias, had been taught about the coming Messiah, had actually been fulfilled in Jesus Christ. The what? This is a letter written to the church in Ephesus. Now, there was maybe a map going to come up behind, just to put us in the picture of where it may be. In terms of technological advancement, there it is. Here. So we have an idea of where we are in the world. Now, Paul is under the inspiration of God as he writes this letter to the church, to Ephesus. The when. Well, theologians pin the writing around 62 AD. So 30 years after the resurrection. Now, the why. Now, this is the exciting bit. We are made alive in Christ. And this now is our time. 
But before we go any further, is it anybody's birthday today? No? Can you think back to when it was your last birthday? Or maybe Christmas? And if you were blessed enough, you may have received a present. Can you remember what that present was? Now, that amazing present that you had, you probably loved that present. You might even be wearing it today, I don't know. Might you have it in your mind, who gave you that present? I want you to think about something. How would that person feel who gave you that present if you refused to accept that gift? That's pretty heavy, isn't it? Sorry, that's a lovely gift, but I don't want it. It'd be awful. It'd be awful. Now, can you imagine the Lord's heart each week? As the days go by, as people reject the gift of life. People come into our churches throughout this land, throughout the world, and would reject the gift of Jesus. Something that God gave everything for. And he gave it for you, for me, and for the rest of the people out there. And it's funny, isn't it? Without we know we are ill, we don't go looking for a cure. And it's kind of difficult, isn't it? To tell someone, you're a sinner, and you're going to a Christless eternity. You need Jesus. Heavy stuff. This morning, know this, it is important stuff. Let's look what Paul has to say to the church at Ephesus. Verses 1 and 2. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live, when you followed the ways of this world and under the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. Paul clarifies, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. Paul's not pulled any punches there. He is very clear to ensure the people understand. Verse 3, all of us live among those at one time gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. That's heavy stuff. That's really heavy stuff. And I wonder this morning, in this time that we have together now in Gainsborough, are we allowing the words to wash over us? Or are we allowing the words to wash through us? Are the Lord's words speaking to your heart this morning? Look at verse 4. But because, because of his great love for us, 
God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in our transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. It is by grace. Paul fully realized the love that he has for each one of us. Paul fully realized that love that God bestowed on each one of us. And what he's doing is re-emphasizing that to the church at Ephesus. It's really simple. But the thing is, what he's doing as well, in his foresight and foreknowledge, he's re-emphasizing to us here this morning in Gainsborough. Have you ever had anything re-emphasized to you? Question? Yesterday, I had something re-emphasized to me. Yesterday was a beautiful day. In fact, I have a little bit of sunburn on my face this morning. My dad asked me if I wanted to play golf. I don't mind a little round of golf now and again. Um, I love golf, but it takes quite a bit of time, particularly when you have a wife and three beautiful children. So I said, Dad, tee off around 10.30. Perfect. Don't judge me. Don't judge me. This is a true story. We arrived outside the clubhouse, and there, beautifully gleaming, in front of the clubhouse were new, brand new, electric Harley caddy bikes. They were beautiful, three wheels, trikes. And they were lined up looking smashing. Well, I said to my dad, come on, this would be a bit embarrassing, wouldn't it? But it would be funny. And my dad said, I couldn't do it, way too embarrassing. So my dad went off to the changing room to get changed. And by the time he got back, the club pro was outside with two beautiful bikes ready for us to jump on. Fantastic. Now, I was a bit nervous as you first are with these things. You're all pretending to be brave. And then you get on them. And the reality is you're just about to jump on a trike with your golf club in front of respectable people playing golf. Anyway, the club pro comes to see me and he said that he kept re-emphasizing, you have to be careful. You have to be careful on these bikes. Why? Because they're fast and they're electric. And they've got three settings. Now, why he would say to me, they've got three settings, I don't know. But it's fixed in level one settings, so you're going to be okay. You see where we're heading with this, don't you? We go merrily off flying around the golf course, and they're absolutely awesome. The best fun, completely embarrassing. We look absolutely ridiculous, but the most fun I've ever had on a golf course. Two grown men flying about on a trike. They definitely shouldn't be on the golf course. I don't know why they were, but they were. Anyway, we were on it. We paid money. We were on it. My point is emphasis, and I will get there eventually. The red button that had the three settings. I was like, what harm could it do? It'll be fine. 
setting three was very fast. I flew up the fairway on the 10th in setting three. I came to my ball that I hit lovely down the fairway, put the brakes on. I hadn't quite put the brake on. The trike ended up, as I stepped off it, it, the bike went that way, and it was over my leg, and I thought my leg was going to snap off. In fact, I thought I'd snap my leg. I'm like, Dad, help me, help me. And he's just laughing around. There's nothing I could do, this bike. So I had to roll virtually into a bunker to get off this bike. I mean, the embarrassment. Uh, it was awful, and thankfully my leg's not broken. Thankfully, it's not broken. There was a two ball in front of us playing golf, and they just turned around and they just they shook their head. What are, what are they doing? What are they? They'd lost all respect for us, all respect. The thing was that the pro shop professional had emphasized to me, don't touch the red button. Emphasis is important. Paul is emphasizing to the church and to each one of us here today. Your old way is dead. You were separated, but through Jesus, you have been saved by grace. Jesus died on that cross at Calvary for each one of us. And he did it because he loves us. Sin separated us from him. But Jesus came, he died in our place, and he rose again. Verse 6, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might be shown show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. Absolutely stunning truth. Confirmed to us, remember, by a hostile witness. And probably here, as I'm just about to read, with some of the most precious verses in Scripture. Verse 8. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. And not by works, so that no one can boast. Sin separated us from God. Jesus died for yours and my sin. Here, we have this morning, confirmed by a hostile witness. He died and rose again. And we are actually only a prayer of repentance away from an eternity with him. Remember that precious gift we talked about earlier. 
Jesus is offering that gift to you today. That gift of life. For it is by grace you have been saved. And the time is now. I'm going to play a video to finish. And then I'll close in prayer. Thanks, Solomon. church and as your people this morning. May we know and recognize the full love you have for each one of us 
and the price that was paid upon that cross at Calvary for each one of us. And Lord, if there's those that don't know you as Savior this morning, we pray that they might step from death to life, recognizing that their sins are forgiven. And they can have an eternity with you. Father, we just pray for your blessing upon us now as we just continue in fellowship together. We ask these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.